There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We welcome you in. It is another edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I'm Ben Wilson filling in for Patrick Maher. One more day. Patrick back with us on the Monday edition of the show here from the South Point Sportsbook Studio in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi with us as always from the East Coast. New GM Shuffle episode is out with Michael and Femi of MFA. Michael, I imagine you guys what? Yeah, didn't have anything to talk about right on that uh, show. I, I can't imagine how you filled your 50 minutes. I don't know. You know, it's been wonderful. We've had the Arizona Cardinals and their entourage front office to allow us to really kind of dig deep into how not to run a franchise. I mean, you know, it's it's just been a wonderful time to sit back and let teams do stupid things, and then you get to comment on them. I mean, they can't even get themselves out of this mess. I mean, now they've taken the claws out. I mean, and they've said it was never intended to be what it, what it was portrayed to be. Now figure that one out. Exactly. It's been the gift that keeps on giving with Arizona. And I'll be honest, we did the show with you Tuesday. Thought, all right, this will be a fun little 48-hour story. We can rip Arizona, and then we'll just move on. But no, as you mentioned, it's it's something that has continued to give us more content to talk about. Let's start with, I want to get your analysis on the actual quotes from Kyler at the press conference yesterday. It was This was before they took out the contract clause, and then we'll get into exactly what happened after that. Here was Kyler at training camp yesterday addressing the media for the first time since that clause was added to his contract. To think that I can accomplish everything that I've accomplished in my career um, and not be a student of the game and not, um, not, not have that passion and not, not take this serious is, is almost it's disrespectful and it's, it's, almost, it's, it's almost a joke. You know? um, it's, to me, I'm flattered. You know, I'm, I'm honestly flattered that y'all think that at my size I can go out there and not prepare for the game and not, um, you know, not take it serious. It's, 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 it's disrespectful, I feel like, to my peers, to all the, to all the, the great athletes and great players that are in this league. Um, this game's too hard. Uh, to, to play the position that I play in this league, um, it's, it's, it's too hard. Kyler Murray, that was the other day. Michael, your thoughts on what he had to say there in that press conference? 
Uh, I've done a lot of contracts in my career. Uh, the contracts aren't standard. They're all individually based. Some of the language is typically standard. Uh, signing bonus, personal conduct. The league has certain language in their contracts, in the, in the front of the contract. But nothing appears in the contract that isn't signed off by the club and the agent. So my question back to Kyler was, is simply this. Well, where did this come from? How did this get in there? Do we have a mystery ghost? Did somebody come into the a Cardinals office and just put this clause in there? There had to be a reason behind the clause. There had to be a reason behind why he would accept the clause. He signed the contract with the clause in it. So don't come to a press conference and say, we're questioning your work ethic, the media. You signed a contract that was questioning your work ethic. That's what it was intended to do. Like, we're not stupid here. Like, we're not dumb. We understand the intent. We understand what they were trying to do. Plus, let me say this, Kyler. I watch tape. I watch you run the ball into a loaded front. And I often question, didn't he know he shouldn't have run it the other way? But because now, as we see, a lot of things have happened. We mm-hmm. learn that he hasn't prepared to work hard. We know his body language is horrible. The players separate. The talent we're not talking about. We're talking about all the things that make the quarterback. This just didn't appear, Ben. It just didn't mysteriously show up as if, oh, my gosh, here it is. How did that get there? There was a reason. And what we're doing is wondering, you motivated the reason by your actions. We then see the in Rappaport tweet as well, who, after that press conference comes out, they remove that independent study clause from the contract. Here's what was interesting to me, and there was the full tweet for me in Rappaport, of the, uh, the $230.5 million contract. They take out the independent study clause. Cardinals released the statement as well where they say it was clearly perceived, talking about this addendum, it was clearly perceived in ways that were never intended. My question to you, Michael, would be, what would you have ever imagined that clause would have been perceived as other than what we've talked about for the last 72 hours? You know, my five-year-old grandson, Dominic, really doesn't read. But if he did read, how else would he have read that? Like, how else do you read that? that we, we're going to mandate that you work hard. We're going to mandate that you must comply with these. It's, again, this text just didn't appear. Like, this wasn't in the middle of the night. Somebody snuck into the Arizona Cardinals offices right. and typed this up and slipped it in and got it, got it behind the contract where nobody read it. Like these contracts are, are back and forth. They're read. They're emailed to one another. The language is in there. Everything's checked off. If you make a slight change to it, you've got to initial it or you retype it. So, like, let's not play dumb. Like, let's not play dumb. Here's what I don't understand. I don't understand this. Did the Arizona Cardinals not think this, this was going to get it to the public? First of all, you've got to understand the mechanics of contracts, right? So there is no confidentiality when it comes to contract for players. There is for coaches, not for players, okay? So when this contract gets filed to the league office, it also gets filed to the Players Association. Once it gets filed to the Players Association, the other agents are able to look at the contract, look at the language, understand the deal, so it'll help them do another deal. So the clubs, who also get to look at the language, every team goes into their system, and they can read the language. The contract is loaded in there. You can print it out and read it. So now you can go through, oh, I like the language they used on that. I don't like the language here. We should modify our language on this. So everybody's sharing the same information. This is a contract that's important to understand because, remember, he added five years to the deal, right? What was the new money 
what is really the value of the contract, not is. So the teams need to know this. Once that got filed, did they not think this was going to get out? Did they not think this was going to become a story? Did they not think that all eyes were going to be pointed towards Kyler Murray's work ethic? Come on. Yeah, and now you go through the, the next steps of this where you, you kind of attempt to soften the blow here, and it only creates more of a story that has continued on. I now also have the image, Michael, in my head of, of, you, of you trying to teach your five-year-old grandson reading comprehension by sending him NFL player contracts and just having him read through those. And that, that's, how we, that's how we teach the Ugbides how, how to get their reading comprehension up. Uh, the other part of this as well, like, again, we talked about this yesterday where you said, I should say on Tuesday, the last time we were on together, where you said more NFL games are lost by teams than they are won by teams. I'm sure the same thing can be applied to public relations in general, where it is more of a case of teams shooting themselves in the foot than random things just coming up and all of a sudden teams are exposed here. Without question, Arizona, their, their training camp is now the most heavily spotlighted camp of the 32 in the National Football League, singularly because of this story. What does this do now for the rest of that, uh, that locker room, the club in general, as you're trying to prepare in relative anonymity, yet every single day now there are going to be questions about this, probably for the foreseeable future, you would think. Yeah, I'm all, everything's going to show up. I mean, it's, we're all going to revert back. When he makes a mistake, everybody's going to ask, did he prepare? Was he not working hard? And I'm sure Cliff Kingsbury is going to get asked on, on his Wednesday practice, after practice, or Thursday, hey, did Kyler have a good week working this week? Did he work hard? You know, I mean, it's not going to go away. I mean, again, this is what we call second-order thinking. When you do something like this, when you put this clause in, you must examine the effects of the clause from a personal standpoint to the player, from a business standpoint to the club, and then how is it going to affect the team? Right. Like what you told the team was we, we, we recognize, and all the teammates know it, we recognize he doesn't work hard. He doesn't prepare. Look, he can sit there and say, would I have gotten where I am based on my size if I didn't work hard? God gave you some incredible gifts. You are an mm -hmm. incredibly talented athlete with an incredible arm. And most of the time when you are really good, it's when you're using your God-given gifts outside the structure of the offense. That's when you're really at your best. Yep. When the play breaks down, you become a great player. So don't tell me that you've really relied on all your skill as studying to get where you are. There's also the Cliff Kingsbury angle of this, too. He's your head coach. You compared him to Vince from Entourage back on, on Tuesday. Yeah. Where has he been in all this, and what, sh what should his role be realistically in a situation like this? Well, I, I think he's probably the one guy that answers the question because, again, this clause didn't mysteriously just show up in the contract. There had to be a reason for it. And I'm sure that because Eric, the agent, Eric uh, at Burkholt, represents both Cliff and my, Murray, that mm -hmm. they had to have a hey, look, I got to get this kid to work hard. Do you think if we put a clause in the contract, this will help him? I mean, there had to be that kind of dialogue. I can't prove it, but there had to be that kind of dialogue. Like, how do we get him to work harder? How do we get him to prepare? We can, this player could be so good if we got him to prepare. This player could just take his game to another level if we could get him to prepare. For me, and I said this on the podcast, Ben, what I would have done if I were the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals is I would have, I would have basically, after the ransom note, I would have called the kid into the office or I would have gone seen the kid and his agent and said, look, fellas, here's the reality. You don't work hard. You don't prepare. You don't, you don't endear yourself to your teammates. I'm not doing your contract. You can hold out. Football players hold out. That's not a problem. You hold out. I don't care. I'll do your contract a year from now if you come in and do all these things you have to do. You show me you're committed. I'll then mm -hmm. be committed. 
Also, uh, thanks to. Uh, I don't know why that wasn't the case. I, I, look, that's been kind of my, and obviously both of ours questioned this entire time. Our outstanding producer, by the way, today, Stephen Bond, informs me Eric Burkhart also represents Steve Kime, the Arizona general manager. So maybe we found our Ari. That was our that's missing. What, that was our missing link, Mike. We were like, Ari. who's Ari? He's Ari. He we was found Ari. Him. We, <laughs> we, got we, him. we is Ari. He's making he's making money on all different angles. Eric Burkhart, yes, yeah, so agent of Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and the GM Steve Kime. So you wouldn't think that this, this would ever be applied to any other player. It, it's not necessarily an organization no. thing. This is a specific individual thing here. It is because, look, if, if, if a guy doesn't work hard, you know, and he's your best player, are you going to reward him with all this money? Well, you could say, well, we wanted to get ahead of the curve. We wanted a cheap. No, people don't change their habits. James Clare wrote a book, Atomic Habits. They don't change. You can change them for the short term. You can't change it for the long term. It has to be in, innately inside of you. And all eyes are going to be on Kyler. I mean, that's the one thing. The focus is going to be on him. But the focus is also on the ineptness of the Steve Kime organization that Bill, Michael Bidwell's allowed to be run out there. I mean, come on. This is not going to work very well. Week one against Kansas City. Will the spotlight be on Arizona or what? Uh, that is the first of a couple segments here on the Lombardi line. We're going to talk about NFC West because a starter has been announced in San Francisco. Big wide receiver is returning to Seattle. We'll get Michael's thoughts on those two big stories when we return right here on the Lombardi line. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare VEASAN College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our best season win total, bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VEASAN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VEASAN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide, which is still to come later in the month of August. Subscribe now at VEASAN.com. 
slash subscribe. Speaking of that college football betting guide, Wes Reynolds going to join us in about a half hour's time here. Did a great job filling in for you, Michael, yesterday on the Lombardi line. Josh Applebaum still to join us uh, next hour as well. So we're excited for those things. We have a lot of news. It seems like the NFC West, uh, Michael, it has just been a, a beacon of information here this week. We go to San Francisco next, where uh, we saw earlier in the week Kyle Shanahan come out, first press conference to open up training camp, and, and they were pretty steadfast right away saying, Trey Lance, he is our guy. He is going to be the starter right away, and they have moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, first off, you look at Trey Lance, and, and based on the li limited sample size from a season ago, surprised at the timing of this at all, Michael, or is this expected from your end? Well, I think, you know, look, there's a lot of things that motivate decisions, and, and the 49ers have a good team. But they've got to get Nick Bosa, who was tremendous last year, under contract. They've got to get Debo Samuel under contract. One of the reasons they made the move away from Jimmy was to get a quarterback on a rookie contract. Now, there's been, there's been three quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls on rookie contracts, Mahomes being the last one. So, you know, that, that's a way to build a team around your player to build around an economical friendly quarterback, a low cap number. Kyler Murray, for example, he lowered his cap. His cap number isn't very prohibitive for the next two seasons. It goes way up in three in, in, the, in the third year from now in 2024. So you have a chance to build a nucleus around your team and you need Jimmy Garoppolo's cap money. So when they turned that card in to pick Trey Lance or Mac Jones, whoever they were going to pick, they obviously picked Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. They had to make this decision at least by year two. Now you have four years of the player, and you can find out where you are. You can find out what you're doing, what direction you're headed in. So to me, this was a move they had to make. It was forced. This was forced by the decision to trade up, not by Lance's play. It was forced right. by the decision to trade up. So now that we know, and we've had some of that offseason discussion, right, of thinking, okay, what, what could the potential outcomes be in San Francisco at the quarterback position? Well, as you said, and this was probably inevitable, now we know, realistically, and it's not like this has really changed the betting market because a lot of this stuff was baked in with the 10.5 win total, second favorites in the NFC West. Now that you at least have this entire full camp, the full preseason here for Lance to get all of the, all the reps, and you've talked, early, you've talked in the past about how you think the preseason reps, at least in actual games, will be a little, little bit more limited. They're going to try to protect him as much as they can. But now what should your realistic expectations be uh, of Lance in year two now that you know he's given the keys to the car and it's happening right away here? Well, we gotta, it's got to start slow, right? We've got to find out what he can do well. I mean, they've had, you know, through, he's thrown 71 career NFL passes, right? And so, you know, he hasn't had a lot of playing time. He started two games. He was involved in six games. So it's going to take a little bit of time to find out where we're going, what we're doing, how this is all going to work out. The thing that I think that's the biggest challenge for Trey Lance is when he walks into the starting job is he's taking over for a quarterback and an offense that was the best red zone team in all of football. They were the best yeah. red zone team. They got the ball in the end zone better than anybody in the National Football League. They were only 13th in scoring, but they were the best red zone team. So there's the deficiency within their offense, right? So they weren't great about it. You know, it took them a lot of plays to get down the field, 22 plays. They were 22nd in the National Football League in terms of getting the ball the amount of plays it takes, right? And they were right around 14th in the amount of time it takes. This is a team that relies on air yards. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo led the National Football League in air yards, meaning that once he threw the ball, the receivers ran with it after the catch. That's what Lance has to deliver on. He's got to play really good in the red zone, and he's got to be able to be accurate on short passes to allow these receivers to run with it after the catch. And we know as well, because of this news too, Jimmy Garoppolo still on the, you know, the PUP list coming out, but 
not going to be practicing with San Francisco, as is his teammate, Debo Samuel, who, as you mentioned, that's kind of the next order of business here. We'll get into the DK Metcalf signing in just a second here, Michael. But now that that signing is complete and given all the things we've just talked about here with San Francisco, this, I mean, this has to be the next step, right? Getting Debo Samuel under contract. What do you think? And again, we'll get to the specifics of Metcalf's deal in a second here. What do you think the Metcalf deal does for Debo here as we go through this offseason contract negotiation process? Well, I, I think it's it's going to get done, right? I mean, you could see that the model of the contracts are starting to fall in line. And so Debo Samuel really just fell after A.J. Brown's deal. And this is why these deals are not hard to do. If you recognize the player is similar, right, then, you, then now we're in this ballpark of how we're going to handle it. And remember, there's two negotiations. There's the guarantee. How much are we going to guarantee? What percentage of this contract are we going to guarantee? Over three years, are we going to do 50? We're going to do 60? We're going to do mm -hmm. 70, 80, 90? What is that percentage? Once you figure that out, now, then you come back and what's the average per year? How are we dis distributing the money? So it's not a hard contract to do. It's not going to be a hard contract. Nick Bosa's contract won't be hard to do. You know what he is. He's a top five defensive right. varsity guy in the league. You got Miles Garrett's contract sitting over there. You got TJ Watt's contract sitting over there. How hard is that contract going to be to do? Right. And you think, too, uh, for Debo Samuel, who did opt in? Uh, he did. Uh, he is holding in. He is there just not practicing right now. So he, he, like, he's just waiting for this to get done. He has the same agent as, uh, as DK Metcalf as well. So you would imagine the specifics of that deal. The template is there. And now we'll see where San Francisco goes from here. It's three years, 72 million for Metcalf. He'll be the highest paid receiver, at least just for this year alone, 31 million in 2022. Um, what do you make of that deal there in Seattle, given the lack of quarterback play around him for Metcalf? Well, he's a good young player, right? Again, they trade away Russell Wilson, frees up a ton of cap room. So now what do you do? You sign your young players to long-term contracts. This is only three years, so it's not as long. So now you want to try to get as many of these guys signed so that you, once you get the quarterback and then you have to pay the quarterback, you've got a good team around them. What you don't want to do is what Arizona's done, which is now pay the quarterback and not have a very good team. You know, are you a good team in Arizona? You know, there's some debate. Well, we were good last year. I don't know how good they'll be this year. You know, Murray's a good player. You got him on a cheap contract for this year. You got to really hit with these draft picks. And I think mm -hmm. ultimately that's what the direction they'll go into. At 58.2 million guaranteed there for Metcalf on the, on the three-year contract extension. Uh, so for Seattle, you're, at the very least, you're able to, as you pointed out, you've, you've got the cap space. You've got probably your biggest offensive asset now uh, locked up. Does that change anything, though, for you expectations-wise for Seattle this year? Because still, at the end of the day, I mean, you're looking at a quarterback room that is pretty widely considered a bottom-five room, maybe one of the worst, if not the worst, room in the NFL. Well, they have two backup quarterbacks the way we see it, right? I mean, you can't call – to me, you can't say Drew Locke's a starter. Now, look, I know John Schneider liked Drew Locke coming out, but he watches pro tape. John Schneider's really good at what he does. He watches pro tape. And to me, there's just no way you could honestly say that what you've seen in Drew Locke, you can change it, right? You can honestly say that. So, And we know where Geno Smith is, right? We know Geno Smith is going to struggle, right? That, you know, last year they were, you know, they were the 31st team in yards in attempt throwing the football. They couldn't really, they didn't really want to throw the ball. They wanted to run the ball as much as they could. This offense wasn't very good in terms of the amount of plays they get down the field, the yards it took them. They were all lat, almost in the bottom of the, of the National Football League. So it's going to take a huge, giant surge 
for them to improve. But coming off of the last two games, you know, and against Detroit and Arizona, that's kind of when they actually got their offense going a little bit against those two teams. But that was Russell Wilson. It's not going to be there this game. Right. You see the production as well from last year for DK Metcalf, just shy of 1,000 receiving yards on 75 catches with the 12 touchdowns. The, the worry I guess I would have for Metcalf, and this can apply to, I mean, any premier wide receiver having to deal with bad, bad quarterback play. We saw this for Larry Fitzgerald for several years back when Cardinals were throwing out John Skelton and the like in, uh, in Arizona, where it's really, what, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. What other real pieces does Seattle have wide receiver-wise? I know they added Noah Fant, a really solid tight end piece, but how is he really you know, realistically going to mesh you with new quarterback play when you think about what he had before with Russell Wilson, you think about how outside of Tyler Lockett, there's just not many pieces, unless you disagree, Michael, that would really give you much consternation if you're a defensive backfield. Well, Estridge is a kid they drafted in, in the in the second round last year. They got to get something out of him, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Lockett's a guy. But I think more than anything, what we see when you look at their numbers and you peel back Seattle's numbers is Metcalf's percentage of catches of balls thrown to him. He had 129 balls thrown to him last year. He only caught 75. So that's a 58.1 percentage. Hunter Renthrow's at 82%. Okay, now Hunter Renfro catches a lot of balls in the middle of the field. This kid, Metcalf, catches balls on the outside perimeter because of his speed. But that number's got to increase. That number's got to get up into the high 60s. I mean, Devontae Adams is at 72, 73%. You've got to be able to get that number. If I'm going to throw it to you 129 times, I've got to have at least a 71, 72% percentage of catching the ball. I've got to have a good. Lockett last year was at 68.2. Mm-hmm. So we got to figure out a way to get his numbers up, and it may be what routes are we running to him. We just can't always take routes down the field. I mean, Metcalf averaged 57 yards per game last year. That number's got to be up a little bit higher. And let's keep in mind, that was with a guy like Russell Wilson, viewed as a pretty accurate throwing quarterback, even though he did have some injury during stretches of last year. Now you make that transition. A couple of backups, as we've talked about. Geno Smith, Drew Locke, we're not sure who will start. Does it really matter? I don't, I don't even know. But at least Seattle's got their guy locked in. Now can they get the production out of Metcalf going forward? I will continue the conversation on some of these NFL news and notes from training camp. Up next, we'll discuss the situation in the AFC North with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Could a contract be coming his way? Get Michael's thoughts on that. We roll Roll on hour number one of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted on specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. As we're back on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM, I'm Ben Wilson with Michael Lombardi, who you can follow at M Lombardi NFL. I understand you got a new uh, weekly column that's out here on uh, VEASAN.com. Michael, I was checking that out last night there. Uh, your, what, your streaming conscience of thoughts, essentially, what that's going to be. It was, a, it was a really fun read. Yeah, you know... Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, uh, Ben. You know, you just kind of like you sit there and you just get ready for the season and you kind of think about certain things like which really troubled me. One of the things I wrote about is is how, you know, the books 
put numbers up there that are usually pretty reliable. The Giants being the third betting favorite for Jimmy Garoppolo seems really interesting to me. It, it, has, it has tentacles that I think extend further out. And I, I think ultimately, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Daniel Jones handles the Brian Dayball offense. I mean, I, I love Brian Dayball. And I think Brian Dayball was it was a really good coach. But there was a time where not a lot of people felt the way I felt about Brian Dayball. You know, mm-hmm. he was in Miami. He was in Cleveland with Eric Mangini. He was in Kansas City. Nobody thought that was a mastermind offensive team. But once he got a quarterback, he looks a lot better. Uh, everybody's thinking he's going to turn Daniel Jones around because he had Josh, because he did with Josh Allen. That's you can't use that logic. Right. You can't use that logic. Special player. I've, you know, so I've heard uh, with Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he's one of the rare players, and I was completely wrong on him, is he's one of the rare players that was able to change his to change his ability to be accurate with the football. Most quarterbacks, everybody will tell you that has done this for a living, accuracy with quarterbacks is almost impossible to change. You know, because it's just something that just innately, timing, rhythm, being able to throw the ball that way, it's really challenging. And so, you know, I, I think ultimately – when you look at that, it, it, it really becomes he did. You know, I, I go back to you know, Dayball was in he was in Kansas City in 2012. Did the 32nd ranked offense in terms of points scored, 24th in points. Right. The only thing they could do well in, in Romeo Cornell's season there was they ran the ball. They averaged six, they were sixth in the league in yards per attempt. I mean, they were 32nd in yards in passing. I mean, now it, it, this isn't Brian's fault. This is because he's got Matt Castle at quarterback. He had mm-hmm. the great Brady Quinn for eight games at quarterback, right? So, like, that, that's my, let's talk about what is he going to do with talent that's similar to Castle and Quinn. And you talk, yeah, Brian Dable now with the connection with Jimmy Garoppolo from back in New England. That was the one piece of the whole Lance discussion we didn't really get into, which is still the the awaiting of where Garoppolo actually ends up. I know at one point you were high on him going to Cleveland. The odds reflected like Seattle, Houston with the Nick Casario connection there for the Texans are favorites. And then, as you mentioned, the Giants are the third betting favorite right yeah. now. What, what ends up happening, do you believe, now that we're here at uh, camp is open now for all 32 teams and we're in the final weekend of July? Let me ask you this question, and I wrote about this in the column of VEASAN.com. Uh, if Davis Mills was picked the 24th pick in the draft, would they be interested in a quarterback? Don't think so. That is Based on how he played point. last yeah. year. I mean, everybody keeps saying the Texans are interested because the kid was drafted in the third round, but nobody really pays attention to who the kid was. First of all, let's go back and talk about Davis Mills. He was a five-star kid coming out of high school in Atlanta, Georgia. Could have gone to any school he wanted to in the country. He had two really bad, he had a bad knee injury his junior year in high school. Really affected him. Really talented. He goes out to Stanford, he plays, he gets another ACL injury. So he's had two injuries. But when he finally had a chance to play at Stanford with, with David Shaw, he was really good. And then he comes in the league. And then for all the fanfare about, oh, my God, Trey Lance is going to be the MVP this year. And for all the fanfare about Justin Fields. And for all the fanfare about Mac Jones and every other quarterback, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, right? This kid played really well. I mean, let's be clear. He played really well for the Houston. Did, was he great? No, of course he wasn't great. Their team wasn't great. But he played pretty damn good. If he would have been picked in the, the 20th pick overall in the draft, everybody will say, well, Houston's got their quarterback of the future. He looks like he's got a chance you could develop with him. Why not? 
But because of the perception as he was picked in the third round, well, they got to get another quarterback. Mm -hmm. Well, they got to get another quarterback. They got to get one. Like, we got to stop that. Like, evaluate the the player. It got through 67% completions. He had 16 touchdown passes. You know, he averaged 6.8 yards per attempt. I mean, he wasn't got awful. He got sacked 31 times. But this is something to build off of. It's something to build on. And so, for me, if you bring Garoppolo in, where are you with Davis Mills? Only 10 interceptions either as well. As well, I mean, and a guy was on a pace to throw over 4,000 yards, only started the the 11 games last year. I, I'm totally with you. To me, the all the, the odds on, will the Texans be the worst team and fewest points? It's a little overblown to me. And you at least have an adult in the room now with Lovey Smith who has been there and has experience as a head coach, even if the personnel isn't amazing. I I, tend, I totally agree with you with what you're saying on, uh, on Davis Mills. I believe his passing yardage prop is only like in the 3,600, 3,700 range. Uh, that was one, as we talked about on a primetime action the other night, would love him to, uh, to go over that, if, if assuming he is healthy and is that starter the whole way. I mean, and they should be better up front, right? They get Tunsil back, right? They got to get something out of Howard, the kid they drafted at 19 in the first round. They drafted the kid Green in the first round from Texas A&M. So they get him at guard. They mm-hmm. got Britt. They, they signed A.J. Kane as a free agent. I mean, they should be better. You know, they, they should be an improved team in terms of their ability to play with some consistency. They're not god-awful at the receiver position. Nico Collins was a, good, was a decent player. They still have Brandon Cooks. You know, Chris Moore made a few plays for him last year. I mean, look, I, I don't think they're great. Would I bet they're over total? No, but I, I don't see why Davis Mills is paying a penalty because of his pedigree. No doubt. Look, I get it. Third round, third round pick is easy to go. Davis Mills uh, for Houston. Speaking of quarterbacks who are on rookie deals, we have the situation in Baltimore where Lamar Jackson reports to camp entering the final year of his rookie deal. And we will see now, does this contract get done before the start of the regular season? We had some sound from uh, the training camp press conference yesterday. John Harbaugh speaking to the media on, on what he expects here as well as uh, Lamar Jackson. My feeling in what I hear from both, you know, I get a chance. I get to talk to both sides, and uh, both sides are very motivated to get the job done. And uh, so I, I feel like that's kind of where it's at. But it, you know, Lamar's practicing all day, so it's not like they're going to be in some kind of negotiation all day, like they might be in a regular situation. So, you know, that's that's part of the deal with that. We still, you know, we still negotiating right now. We still talking right now. And, this, and, and I guess how often plan on talking, negotiating during training. Whenever we do, whenever we have free time, you know, mutual free time. All right, so there you go, Lamar Jackson on, yeah, whenever we have free time, we'll figure out a deal. Uh, what do you think ends up happening here, Michael, in Baltimore? I think you get, I mean, if, if John Harbaugh is right and the Ravens are highly motivated and Lamar Jackson's highly motivated, it's not a hard deal to do. I mean, we just saw Kyler Murray. Now, I haven't seen the whole deal. I haven't had it broken down. But, I mean, he averaged – it says he's averaged 46.1 per year, which is $100,000 more than, than Deshaun Watson received. So we know the range. Is he, should he make more than Aaron Rodgers? I don't think you could make that case. You know, it depends on how long you want to go on the contract, how far back loaded you want to be, and how much guarantee. But the numbers are right there for him. I mean, the guy won the MVP. Did he play well last year? Absolutely not. He was not very good last year. Threw the ball too many interceptions. I think they hurt him as much as anything. He got sacked way too many times for playing behind a bad offensive line. So 
I don't think it's a hard deal. To, if they're motivated, I think this deal gets done in two weeks. Yeah. What What about the fact that Jackson represents himself, doesn't have an agent? He is doing these uh, these dealings. I mean, presumably with some other close advisors around him here. And he said that he also one of those quotes was he said there would there would be a cutoff in the talks. Said hopefully that that I mean that cutoff would not be before actually week one. But is there anything that changes considering he doesn't? You know, there's not the agent in the room, quote unquote, and it is Jackson technically here negotiating things himself. Yeah, I mean, that's the hard part, right? And so for me, if I'm the Ravens, I'm concerned about that because I don't really want to deal directly with a player. I mean, I don't mind the player being in the room. I want somebody there also who understands legalese, who can explain it. And I don't want the player to think that I'm trying to do something uh, behind his back. Mm -hmm. So I, I would like as many people in the room as possible to really understand that everything that's being said and explain to what's being said and then lay it out. I mean, look, when people are equally informed on contracts, it becomes a lot easier to handle. So you've got to have to lay out these contracts. Okay, here's what Kyler Murray got. Let's put it on a whiteboard. Here's what he got. Here's how they paid it out. Here's what Patrick Mahomes has. Here's where it is. We'll put it on a whiteboard. Here is what, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers received. Right. when he. And, and let's just look at him and make sure everybody is dealing with the same information because that's what makes this a lot easier to get done. As John Harbaugh, though, we heard, said from the head coach there in Baltimore, like he's still practicing every day. It's not a hold-in situation. He's still, he's still committed right now, and that, that has to make you think positively about where this is headed. Uh, Baltimore has had a lot of movement in the betting markets now that the firm favorite there in the AFC North after being north of $2 when the offseason began. That, though, is the big deal that remains to be seen with one Lamar Jackson. We'll get back to more NFL in hour number two. But up next, Wes Reynolds joins us. He was part of a number of authors who just uh, published the VEASAN College Football Betting Guide. We're going to talk to Wes about some of his angles on the college football season when we return right here on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. First 
inning is unpredictable, but you can place a no-run first inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first inning prop bet on any Friday MLB game. If only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in free bets up to $20. That's right. Simply place a single or parlay no-run first inning bet. No runs in the first, no problem. You win. If only one run is scored, you get your wager back in free bets up to $20. Take big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. Opt-in required. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. We're back. Final segment of our number one of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I'm Ben Wilson, joined, as always, by Michael Lombardi. We bring in Wes Reynolds, who did a great job, Michael, filling in for you yesterday here. We had a really fun show on the Lombardi line, and Wes was part of a number of authors, just finished up publishing the college football betting guide this year for VSIN. Uh, so we want to talk some Pac-12 with Wes, some general college football thoughts as well. Uh, Wes, welcome in. Uh, I feel like I just saw you because I because I just did uh, yesterday. <laughs> you start with the, the Pac-12 here. It kind of feels like a two-horse race at the top. Before we get to USC and Utah, who are the two on the odds board, any other teams that intrigue you in that conference that could potentially make a leap and challenge those top two this year in the Pac-12? Well, maybe not to challenge those top two, at least uh, uh, the Southern teams. They're not doing the divisions necessarily anymore, but you're absolutely right. USC and Utah pretty much one, two in either order, but I kind of like the Washington Huskies a little bit better than the market does because I like the coach, Kalen DeBoer, who comes in from Fresno State, was previously the offensive coordinator at Indiana. So he's going to reunite with the former Indiana quarterback and Michael Penix Jr., who has missed, uh, you know, partial time the last three seasons with various injuries, uh, both knees and just has had an injury riddled career, but maybe there's still something left in Michael Penix. And he had his best season actually with Kalen DeBoer, where he had a 69% completion rate a couple years ago. The offense is going to be better no matter who the quarterback is, whether it's Penix or whether it's uh, Sam Heward, who is the son of former Husky legend Damon Heward. You know, this staff is, is going to be really good, I think, up there in Seattle with uh, Kalen DeBoer. They only won four games last year, but I felt that they had a little bit better personnel. That was just a disappointing season from Jimmy Lake. But DeBoer is absolutely going to turn this offense around. You saw what he did at Fresno State with Jake Hayner and company last year. So Washington, I think, is going to be a little bit better. Oregon of the northern school, so to say, is still the favorite and has the most talent. But I like Washington over their win total this year. Hey, Wes, I, I mean, we got Bo Nix. We got Ty Thompson. We got a new play caller and Kenny Dillingham up at Oregon. Where do you think this offense is going to look like? And who do you think will win the starting quarterback job? I mean, I've watched Bo Nix play at, at Auburn for, and I never thought he was a true passer in that offense. What are your thoughts? I think Nix is probably going to get the first crack, Michael, with it, because you're right, a total transition. Dan Lanning, Georgia defensive coordinator off a national championship, comes in. It is Kenny Dillingham. He was on the Florida State staff with Mike Norvell. And I just want to see from a macro level if Oregon can really kind of get back to what Oregon was in the Chip Kelly era, era, which is, you know, recruit California hard, recruit the Pacific Northwest hard, and recruit Texas hard. And I think that they kind of got away from that a little bit, you know, when they had Taggart up there and when they had Mario Cristobal up there. They tried to be like an SEC program in the Pac-12, and I just don't think that that fits in terms of the talent that they're going to get. So, you know, Dillingham is a pretty – 
a pretty solid play caller. He's a guy that I think likes to go up tempo. Bo at least has a lot more mobility than I think maybe people think. So you might get a little bit of zone read or some spread option up there. Mm -hmm. So Oregon still has the most talent. If you look, they got seven starters back on offense, and that doesn't include the quarterback or the running back because now the running back, Travis Dye, is down at USC. But there's a lot of talent really at that position. So uh, I still think that Oregon, you know, is the best of the non-USC Utah variety, but I just think Washington might have closed the gap a little this year. You follow West there at West Reynolds one on Twitter. And speaking of big regime changes, you go now to USC, the biggest regime change of them all with Lincoln Riley coming from Norman from Oklahoma to USC, bringing his freshman quarterback, Caleb Williams with him there to LA. Um, what do you actually expect? We'll see out of USC, a team that was a perennial underachiever under Clay Helton now brings in arguably the biggest name outside of, uh, outside of a Nick Saban in Alabama or Kirby smart in Georgia, biggest name in the coaching ranks there to LA trying to revive that USC program they're going to be a good team I think in the first year but I think the hype machine maybe is just a little bit ahead of schedule because it's going to take at least a couple years for Riley to really I think fill the holes on that defense there's talent on that group but it's not very proven if you look they've got three returning starters on defense offensively even with so many new pieces I think they're going to be fine, not only Caleb Williams, but Mario Williams at receiver coming in from Oklahoma. So, you know, they're going to do kind of an, a physical, more physical type air raid. And that's what Oklahoma basically did in the Big 12 and why they were the best offense there for all of Riley's time. So they're going to score points. I think the schedule is relatively manageable, although September 17th against Fresno State. That could be a danger spot for a favorite. Might want to look at the underdog there. Fresno State went in the Rose Bowl and beat UCLA, so they are very capable. And Jeff Tedford is a heck of a coach, and he gets guys ready to play. And they'll have that chip on their shoulder against a Pac-12 opponent. If you remember Fresno State all those years ago, whenever Pat Hill and those guys ever played a major program, they were always in the game or they at least pulled the upset because they have the chip on their shoulder because it's like we should have been recruited by these programs. But we're here at Fresno State, so uh, keep an eye on that game in week three, September 17th. But the Pac-12 schedule, relatively manageable. However, they have to go to Utah in Salt Lake on October 15th. And look, I still think the wrong team's favored in this conference. I think Utah should be one and USC should be two and, and not the other way around. I just think Utah's the more established program in the conference. They have an identity and they just out tough you. And uh, Michael talks about watching the tape on all, on all of these teams, both pro, pro and college. Put the Oregon tape in both of those games last year, the regular season game and then the championship game out here at Allegiant in Las Vegas. And you just saw a Utah team that just out-toughed Oregon. And that's what they do. That's their identity. Cam Rising is back at quarterback. And you saw that they are a more explosive offense than really they were given credit for. If you watch the Rose Bowl game, they went up and down the field with Ohio State and traded scores with them, ended up losing by three. But if you can do that with the best offense in the country, which Ohio State has, and you had last year and will probably have this year, then you've got some explosion there. So I really like Utah, not only the explosiveness, but also the fact that, that they're just so physical and they're so, you know, they impose their will on their opponents. So uh, I think that's going to be a tough one for USC. I would say Utah won USC too. You know, I, I love Utah's toughness. 
I think they are one of those teams that, you know, you can't really prepare to play them as well as because they're so different than every team in the Pac-12. They lead with toughness. They lead with physicality. And everybody else wants to be a little bit softer. And I'm with you. I think the wrong team's favorite. I think to have to go into Salt Lake and beat that team, especially at, now, look, I know that that Utah team that went up and down the field, the Covey kid was outstanding in that game. And, you know, he's, he's no longer on the team. He's in Philadelphia now. But the reality of it is, is they'll find good players. This is a team that never has a top recruiting class. They've never been in the top 30 recruiting, but they always have good teams. And they're always defensively tough. And I think they're, I think they're a team that's going to be hard to play. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, Michael. And they're going to get a test right away, though. We're going to find out, I think, a lot about Utah in week one because they do got to go down to Florida. And look, Billy Napier is rebuilding that program. They're still going to be solid, but maybe take a step back as he kind of gets his yeah. coaches and his personnel in place. But still, going down there first weekend of September, it's very humid down there in the Sunshine State. So, you know, this is going to be a nice test for Utah. But if they get a win, I think look out. I think they could be a dark horse for the college football ball playoff and they're still going to run that power game in terms of the running game but one thing that they might do this year now with the second year of rising at quarterback for them they might slip in a little bit of that rpo and uh, just add a little bit of a wrinkle to the offense so uh andy ludwig a pretty creative play caller out there at utah i do like the utes in this league all right Wes, real quick before we let you go who, who ended up being your pick to win it all this year for the for the college football national championship I, I mean, I wanted to go off the radar, but I think this year with <laughs> yeah. a lot of the super senior years being done, I think it's coming down to Alabama and Ohio State. So, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of dark horses to make the national championship game, but those are the best two programs. Nick Saban's on the revenge tour this year, and I think Ohio State will have improved that defense enough with Jim Knowles coming in from Oklahoma State. They've got talent over there. They just got to be more fundamentally sound. He'll make them do that, so I think that's going to be your national title right. game. College football, not exactly inducive to the long shots. That's why we have the Long Shots podcast, Michael. We let Wes uh, give his long shots for golf every single week. That's where that works a little bit yeah. better. <laughs> Wes, thanks, thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. You bet, guys. Be well. Again, it's not golf, Michael, but, you know, it's it's college football. It's a little bit different with, yeah. the, uh, with the tiers this year. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, look, these teams, that, you know, the thing that we lose sight of is the depth in college. Not all teams have depth, so when they lose a couple guys, Alabama has depth. Clemson has depth. You know, Ohio State has – we saw their depth in the, in the Rose Bowl. They brought new receivers in. So that's where teams can't close the gap. That's a great point. We'll have more Lombardi Line next hour, number two, right after this. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.